From the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, this is the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Brogley. Building sustainable rural communities through a keen focus on place, teachers, and philanthropy, the Rural Schools Collaborative is a proud supporter of the Stories from the Driftless series. Learn more about the Rural Schools Collaborative by visiting ruralschoolscollaborative.org. This episode of the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast is brought to you by Soundtrap for Education. Soundtrap for Education is a cloud-based sound recording tool that allows for easy capture, editing, and collaboration. Soundtrap for Education is the preferred audio recording tool of the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast. Find out more about Soundtrap for Education at soundtrap.com forward slash edu. Again, that is soundtrap.com forward slash edu. Today we're talking about opportunity, community support, and the love of music in the Viroqua School District. Set in the heart of Wisconsin's Driftless region, the district is 25 miles southeast of La Crosse with a student population just under 1,200. And today you're meeting Brad Few, the middle school high school band director and music educator of 35 years. Thank you for being here today. I'm looking forward to learning how, despite this pandemic, you continued to move your music program forward. Thanks for the invitation. Um, first, let's just talk about your job duty. How long have you been teaching and what's your educational background? So I have 34 years of teaching experience. Um, I work with my wife of 30 years. She's the elementary music teacher in our district. And I think she's probably one of the best teachers um, in the state. Uh, I went to get my undergrad at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Got a great education there. And then I received my master's degree at Vandercook College of Music in Chicago, Illinois. And during that whole time, I was also a member of the 132nd Army National Guard Band, which is stationed in Madison, Wisconsin. So for 17 years, I had the opportunity to not only play in that group, but um, I learned a lot and was given a lot of opportunities to teach before I ever became a teacher. So I have been through Viroqua. It's a beautiful region, a very special place. Uh, can you describe the community for our listeners? What's that like? Well, like you said, it's the heart of the Driftless region. Uh, we like to say that we're um, 15 miles from the west coast of Wisconsin. Uh, we have, uh, I call Viroqua Little Madison. Um, we have a very solid, stable community that's been here for years and years since the founding of this city. And we have a group of people in our community that are from other parts of the country and bring a, a really lively flavor. So you've got a harpist from the Chicago Lyric Opera. You've got singers from the Chicago Opera. You've got string players from major symphonies around the country. Um, we've got wind players who've played in military bands, professional bands. Uh, we have a James Beard chef in Luke Zom at the Driftless Cafe. Uh, we have a restored 1940s vaudeville theater, the Temple Theater that shows movies and has performances in a normal year um, throughout the year. We have a really vibrant downtown district, business district. Um, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, Walmart came to Viroqua. Um, we were a feature of a, of a Newsweek magazine article because the community welcomed Walmart, um, the business community, and they decided that they were going to work with Walmart, not against Walmart, um, and embrace the big box store, but also keep the small town feel. So you have this very busy, very eclectic community that has some really solid roots, but yet it grows um, and is really kind of an exciting place to live. And there's always something happening. 
It's interesting to, to hear your description because I still consider uh, Viroqua to be a rural community. You know, the base of the community is still that agricultural base and those people mm -hmm. are here. And if you talk to them, their families have been here forever. Our home is built on a piece of property that used to be a, a cornfield. And um, we still talk to the gentleman whose great grandfather started that farm. And mm -hmm. it's just captivating to hear the stories and have him tell me, you know, mm -hmm. I can't believe there's a house up there. We could barely get corn to grow there and you have a lawn and, you know, <laughs> those people are there forever. Or mm -hmm. somebody telling you to get to so-and-so's house, you have to turn it to big cottonwood tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what a cottonwood tree is, that really doesn't help. I think we all know what teaching and learning during a pandemic kind of generally looks like by now, but I do not know what specific hurdles your program has endured. How does a pandemic impact a music program? Well, the, the main concern with the COVID-19 crisis is called aerosol spread. So that's the droplets that come out of your mouth when you're talking or breathing or singing or playing an instrument. Um, when you make a brass instrument work or when you make a woodwind instrument work you actually take the aerosols that are normally coming out of your body you're breaking them up into much smaller pieces still and you're putting some speed behind them so that creates all sorts of issues or we think it does um, so we are following the research of the university of colorado boulder uh, they're doing ongoing research with aerosol spread related specifically to music playing because of the COVID outbreak, it's a really slow process. So the number of people they could get through in their study in a year is greatly diminished. So about every month they come out with recommendations and we try to stay as close to those as we can. So in the music rooms, we're at least six feet apart. Um, everyone wears a mask. Um, brass and woodwind players have split face masks that they, it opens in the center and they can get their mouthpiece in, but they still have a mask over their face. Um, everyone's instruments covered, the bells are covered to eliminate aerosol spread. The woodwinds are actually have their instruments inside a cloth bag that they put their hands in through the sides. It's it's ridiculous to look at. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of the, the kids are very patient with me um, mm -hmm. because they think they know that they want to play their instruments and uh, to do it safely. Uh, the, these, those are the things we do. And we are very fortunate that our district through our own budgets and through the CARES Act money that's available to us has been able to purchase that equipment, that PPE for band, choir, and orchestra. That makes it possible for us to even consider having a class because there's a lot of schools in the state, people who are listening to this podcast right now going, I haven't seen my students since the 13th of March. There hasn't been a person mm -hmm. in my building, whether mm -hmm. it's the Department of Health Services telling them they can't have those kind of congregations together or whether it's the school district deciding, but, um, um, we're very fortunate that in our situation, we've been able to meet. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you certainly have employed some creative problem solving. Talk about that. Well, you know, when you, when I came into this whole thing at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, the, the can'ts are everywhere. You know, you can't play at football games. You can't have pep band at winter sports events. You can't be in parades. You can't have a rehearsal with 90 kids in the room. Um, and, uh, I just feel I've always felt this year anyways, especially that, uh, there's a lot of people telling me what I can't do. It's just, I don't want to focus on any of that. I want to figure out in this year, what, what is something that we can do that would be absolutely impossible to do any other year, given the circumstances we're given. And so we decided to, I needed to teach the students how to march. I want my freshmen to know how to march because I don't want to teach 
freshmen and sophomores next year when we're back to normal. So I wanted to deliver that part of the curriculum and I knew we should be outside in the fall based on everything we knew back then. And so we decided we were going to do a halftime show, only it wasn't going to be a halftime show because there's no football game. Um, so we asked the local rock band, High Mileage, which some of the people listening probably know. Uh, it's a cover band in the area. And they didn't have a lot of shows to do because their stuff was canceled. And they were more than excited to do four songs along with us. Um, just we would march around them on the football field. They'd sit on a stage on the 50 yard line and we'd do 70s cover tunes. And um, we thought it would go well. I, I, literally, the band practiced three times together. And then with the rock band, we practiced uh, for 25 or 30 minutes before we did the performance. All right. So here's a sample from the night with High Mileage and the Roqua marching band. You've got to take a listen. It's great. I love the cred that High Mileage gives um, Mr. Thew and uh, the, the program. Uh, it's pretty impactful stuff. Take a listen. You know, like Tom said, all our kids, would, Tom's got two kids in band. I've got both my kids went through this music program and uh, it'd just be hard not to say something. So Mr. Thu, I really thank you for everything you do. And you're going to get a round of applause, whether you like it or not. That's right. <laughs> when we had this opportunity, we said, you know, music for us is an outlet. That's why we do this. We're, we're up here having fun. Yeah. We want it to. And it's about to, the kids. You know, these kids have come and done this. And it, this is all about the kids. So like I said, it was special for my kids. And, and uh, I, I just can't. Uh, I wanted to, yeah. Music I'm not continues good to mark the time. You know, if something happens in your life and you're, you kind of remember what song was playing when it happened. Yeah. And so. uh, when Brad came to me with this and I was like, we don't get a ch we would never get a chance to do something this cool if Mr. Thu didn't come up with this. So I personally want to thank you. All right, let me paint a picture for you. So High Mileage is in the center of the football field. It is dark out. Um, they're on a slightly elevated stage and they begin jamming. They begin playing their set. And the high school kids in a marching band pattern kind of storm the field and take position and join the band. And you look up the crowd and it's their parents all spread out uh, cheering their kids on. It's a great, it's a great scene. So take a listen. That's great. Helping out too. There was uh, <laughs> a drone operator. There were four camera people. Our AV teacher at school, Tyler Gabrielson, who's a fantastic young man, pieced it all together into like this compilation. And I told the kids, I've been playing music since I was in fourth grade. It's one of the top five performances of my life. I just Aww. really loved it. It was fantastic. And uh, the crowd, the very small parent crowd, um, loved <laughs> it. And, and it lives on YouTube as everything does nowadays so yeah i've seen it it's a great jam really right yeah um, it, is. It, this, it seems like a real special moment and i think you've also taken the show on the road in other ways too haven't you we've tried to 
share music out. You know, social emotional learning is a really big catchphrase this year. It's been around for 10 years, but it, it comes to the front because kids are isolated and they're at home um, and they're not seeing their peers and they're not connecting with teachers that they would normally see on a five times a, five times a week basis. So um, to bring them in and have them play music and then to take that out into the community uh, really reinforces the fact that it, music isn't just about learning the right notes and the right rhythms and how to hold the instrument or how to sing the right notes. It's about sharing that sharing that skill. So we played for the healthcare workers at our local hospital, the Vernon Memorial Hospital. Um, and we've played at uh, a nursing home in the area. And for all three of those events, I have to say, we've been very fortunate. The weather on all three of those days, whether it was the third week of November or the first uh, last week in October, the weather was in the 60s. It was beautiful out. It was just, we couldn't have asked for better weather, better crowds, better, better fans. So describe to me the what the scene looked like at the Vernon Memorial Hospital when you played for the healthcare workers. How did that all roll out? So we had to, we were off to the side. We were going to play uh, at the front of the hospital, but uh, with patients coming in and out and people genuinely being concerned about social distancing. Um, we were off to the side. Uh, people who know Viroqua, wherever the, where the CAT scan truck parks is where we basically parked the band. Um, and we played for about 40 minutes. And uh, the, the team at Vernon Memorial Hospital knew we were coming and uh, was very gracious to let their staff that weren't busy at the time come out. So we had probably 50 people in the parking lot. Um, we had people with the windows open at the hospital, you know, waving or yelling or hollering. Um, it was fun. All right, let's listen to a sample. But as you're listening, I'd like you to picture the moment. So imagine a, a parking lot with the bus parked in back and the band spread out and then people kind of surrounding them in the grassy area around the parking lot and folks looking out the window and they're singing along. And then the concert for the residents at the local care facility, um, front yard. Um, they have a side yard, which is probably about half the size of a football field. And then they have a concrete patio that they had the residents on. Again, it was a beautiful day and they of course loved it. And uh, we have probably 10 or 15 students in the band that actually have somebody in that resident facility that, that know them. Um, one of the other things that was really fun to see as we were doing this was uh, it's a fairly busy street that goes past Creamery Creek and um, lots of traffic stopping. Uh, we had the FedEx truck went by four times. And then when he actually stopped at my house later that day and he's like, hey, you're the guy who had the band out. You know, so it was like it was it was it was good PR. There's a playground there. There were five or six kids out there having a great time um, listening to the music. And um, it just it uh, it's a way to just share some happiness with the community through all of these experiences and, you know, in the classroom, out in the community, how have your students responded and reacted? Kids are resilient, uh, mm -hmm. more so than, than grownups. They don't have all those built in, uh, I don't want to do this or mm -hmm. how can we have to do that? Um, they just want to be together and they want to uh, play music in, in, in our classes. They want to be musicians. Um, we've tried to always emphasize the fact that, uh, the organization belongs to the community, 
that we're fortunate to be the people that get to share that, but that the organization itself, the band itself belongs to the community. The community is the one that supports us. Uh, if it wasn't for them, really, it wouldn't exist. It's, it's not what would be considered core curriculum. It's not state tested. It's, you know, none of those things that people think of when they think of education. And yet, um, it's really an important part of who we are in Viroqua. It's an important part of who you are in Platteville. It's an important part of who people are in any part of the state or any part of this nation. So as you look back at 2020, what positive takeaways can you extract, you know, that you'll, you'll remember as, as something positive that has come out of all this? Sure. I think the biggest thing for me is that um, the community uh, wants nothing more than for the kids to succeed. They really they more now than I've ever seen before are 100% behind these kids and want them to be as successful as possible. Um, I take away the fact that um, if you're looking, if you're looking at the situation and all that you can see are the bad parts of it, then you just got to flip it around and see if you can find a way to to put a spin on it or to approach it from a different direction that it's, mm -hmm. it's never as bleak as it looks. And in reality, it's never as awesome as it looks. It's, it's somewhere in between. And, mm -hmm. um, and to dwell in that space and to really to live in that space and be filled with the joy that comes with um, being able to make music or be able to learn math or be able to process meat in an egg class or whatever the case might be, just to, to dwell in that place and to be in that joyful spot and not dwell on all the things that you can't be doing makes life so much better. I think we have enough crabby people in the world right now. <laughs> I think yeah. I think anything we can do to be happy and to share joy with other people will just make life better. I think people who live um, in, in a rural setting, I think they have a better grasp of that for no other mm -hmm. reason that um, they could probably feel all by themselves, not alone, because there are times when everybody wants to be alone, but they could feel lonely a lot easier in their setting. And I think that they realize that and they, they reach out to each other, they support each other. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if the kids can walk away with that, understanding that knowledge that, you know, we can get through this together, we can accomplish a lot more together than I think we've come a long way. Absolutely. This is excellent inspiration as we head into semester two. Brad, thank you for your time. I certainly appreciate it. If others would like to contact you, um, I'll put your email if, and Twitter handle, if you don't mind, in the show notes. That's great. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jessica. Let's end this episode with one more sample from High Mileage and the Viroqua Marching Band. The Proud Rural Teacher Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jessica Brogley, with the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. The theme music was created by undergraduate and secondary English education major, Simon Yan. Our commercials were recorded by the recently graduated and future science teacher, Max Fromelt, and the undergraduate STEM education major and aspiring middle school science teacher, Maddie Lund. Be sure to subscribe to the PRT podcast and visit us online at proudrivalteacherpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.